Welcome to Mahita Talks podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Sherry Altergott with the CX Edge, and I am very excited to have Brian Bluff, the CEO of SightSeeker, with us today. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks, Sherry. Glad to be here. So I listened to you. You did a Mahita webinar about a month back on digital marketing, and so I'm really excited to talk to you today about some of those elements and maybe dive a little bit deeper into digital marketing, especially as it relates to the material handling industry. Um, so I've been looking forward to this. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, that's great. I look forward to it as well. So I'd like to start, just kind of give everybody an idea of, of who you are and kind of how you got there. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about SightSeeker and how you got started in this business. Yeah, you bet. So um, SightSeeker is, we're a digital marketing company. Um, so obviously that means that uh, we work to get our, our prospects and our customers' messages in front of prospects. Um, and uh, we work on different platforms like uh, search engines, social media platforms, email marketing, uh, a lot of written text, um, a lot of video work these days. Video is so popular. Um, and we kind of work to uh, develop the messaging around the needs of the prospects, right? So you have to understand where they are in the sales funnel and uh, what questions they're asking and develop the content around that. I guess from a, a technical standpoint, uh, we do a lot of website development work. A ton, a lot of search engine optimization work, which is getting people to rank high in the search engines in response to different searches for terms like they search on Google. Um, more and more digital advertising is becoming really important. And then there, uh, beyond that, there's some um, level of email marketing, uh, whether it's just your standard email marketing like you might expect from a constant contact or Mailchimp up to uh, more sophisticated types of work like uh, that you might see in HubSpot or Pardot, and that would be called like marketing automation, which is pretty cool these days. And of course, there's social media work. So anything digital is essentially um, what we do. And are you specifically focused within the material handling industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, it's funny. Um, we started our business, my brother and I, back in 2003. And at the time we were selling um, for Thomas Register of North American Manufacturers, anyone that is as old as me, uh, which I guess they're getting less and less, uh, you'll remember those are the great big green books that were in every single manufacturer and every single uh, industrial company uh, around the, the country. And uh, we were selling advertising. And Thomas was making the transition from um, print uh, to, to digital. So. Um, my brother and I all of a sudden had this opportunity to uh, work with um, manufacturers and distributors and anybody in the industrial space. And so because of that, that's how we first started to become really good at, at digital marketing. And then we were invited by Liz to uh, come and speak at a, a Mahita convention. And we did a few follow-on efforts at that. And that was in 2012, Liz just reminded me the other day. And so we're coming up on a decade. And uh, ever since then, we're focused very heavily on uh, material handling. So we participate with both Mahita and uh, a bunch with uh, MHI as well. Very cool. I do remember I came into the industry in 2001. And that's when Thomas Register had started to try to go digital. And there was a big uproar in the sales force about that just because they really loved to have 
that huge book with them everywhere they went. Oh yeah. <laughs> and definitely. making that transition to digital was um, challenging at that time. Certainly. Yeah. So, so you as a salesperson used that uh, that listing of, of uh, yep. companies. To, oh, that's great. That's a, I never mm-hmm. heard that used before, but that's <laughs> awesome. You know, so speaking kind of, of as the market has changed and Thomas Register even going from huge books to digital, and digital is certainly, I would say, not new anymore, but it's changing so quickly. And I think the adoption rates with the material handling have been a little bit slower than maybe those of other industries. However, I'm curious to see, and we've seen a, a big adoption rate, you know, over the years, people are adopting more and more and more, and I, I know that will continue. I'm wondering your feelings on kind of the current crisis that we're in with the um, COVID crisis. Material handling is an industry that has typically based itself and prided itself on relationship selling mm. and external sales forces. Obviously, a lot of companies have gone through a period of time where they can't meet with people face to face. They can't do some of those activities that they used to do. How do you feel that this current crisis might change people's adoption rate of digital marketing, if at all? Well, that's a great question. So um, let me let me first address the, the first part of that, though, what you said is that, um, you know, because when when we first started again 2012 I think was the first time that we spoke in front of Mahita, but we like I said we had been doing digital marketing since 2003 and it's always been this belief that B2B companies are so far behind the times digitally. In fact, I used to say to people, if you ever really want to look like a genius in the marketing field in front of a B2B customer, all you really need to do is stick your head over the fence, look on the B2C side, the business to consumer side, yeah. and you'll, you'll see how all the new technologies are working and what's what's effective and what's not. So that's always been my belief. Uh, and about two years ago, uh, we set out uh, as a team at SightSeeker to really understand who in the um, material handling space and largely focused on Mahita, uh, who, what companies were doing what. So we there, there were 612 um, websites or domains that we had access to and we went ahead and we ran them through all of these different software tools that we have and we scraped a lot of the code out. Uh, we found um, like 24% for example of material handling companies, Mahita members, current Mahita members have some evidence that, the, that they're using uh, live chat right now. About the same level use um, marketing automation tools which is Kind of interesting when you think that you know these tools can cost you ten to thirty thousand dollars a year, and so when you start to see those kind that kind of data, you you say, well, listen, you know, I I think that yes, there's there's a lot of uh, material handling companies that 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 still are not participating. Um, they still um, you know believe in the old old methods of doing things in which listen if you've hired a salesperson you know 40 times over your career or 50 times over your career and every single time they produce a certain result I guess you know where you're going so I guess you know know what to expect so I guess that makes sense um, but you know on the other hand there are so many material handling companies that mm-hmm. are not only getting it they're getting it at such a unbelievable speed that they're leaving the competition in the dust. So the distance between, I guess, the haves and the haves not, have-nots uh, is getting bigger. Um, mm-hmm. Right? It, it, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there's such an opportunity within material handling that if you can really capitalize on it, 
because the competitive space isn't from a digital perspective isn't as strong in material handling and the companies that can get on board um we've seen that gap increase between those that don't i totally agree with that i totally agree you asked about the pandemic what what happened mm -hmm. then right yeah so do you think that the pandemic and and now having salespeople maybe not be able to have those one-on-one -on -one relationships that companies are looking more at digital marketing of how to get a, a new client yeah, you know, I think so. In fact, the last time I sat in a restaurant um, was at Modex. <laughs> On the way back, and that's when I really realized that this pandemic thing was was kind of real. Not only were there, you know, booths with just, you know, all this carpet, and no machines on it or no, no equipment, um, but on the plane, the way back on the plane, it was just pretty much empty. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the pandemic has caused um, a significant um, uh, decrease in uh, the number of companies participating in uh, digital well, advertising in general, I guess, is down 13 percent mm -hmm. uh, for the year. That's what they're projecting. When you add back uh, the impact of the presidential election, that's, that uh, brings it up to like a negative 8 percent for 2020. That's the mm -hmm. estimate. But then you, if you look at the different tactics, you, you see that uh, print is down 26 percent. And digital is still up by three percent. Pretty interesting, right? So, yeah, I, I, th I think you'd agree with this too. That that um, this is my third recession, I guess, since we've I've been in this business. And uh, every single time there's a recession or a crisis, uh, people, you know, they they stop marketing to some degree, stick their head down, and wait for the sun to come out again. And yeah. when that happens. All the old relationships, all the 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 alliances, the allegiance, the friendships, all of those come into question. In in the practices that weren't generating the greatest returns are set aside. Uh, this could be uh, another death blow, if you will, to print, and it's just going to continue to um, uh, to increase uh, digital spend. In fact, digital spend for 2021 is projected to grow at 20%. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. And I think some of it comes from a lack of understanding of what digital marketing can do. I would say this has been also the third recession that I've been through. And um, being in marketing for most of my career, your marketing budget was always the very first thing to be cut. Yeah. And, you know, I think the argument is, and I really believe that during times of recession is really when you should be putting more money into marketing. Because when you get out of it, you'll be so much farther ahead than everybody else will be trying to catch up. Um, there are so many studies that support that, I agree. So I think it's something that people should continue to look at even in this time, because I think the ROI can really prove itself. Um, you know, speaking of, of budgets, and I've talked with a, a number of different companies within this space over the years, and a lot of them want to do the right thing. You know, a lot of them want to be involved in digital marketing, or a lot of them want to do some of those things that you've talked about but they their marketing departments a lot of times struggle getting the budget approved to do some of these things and i think it's a, just a difficult time selling it up the channel because uh, sometimes there isn't a specific roi i can't guarantee that we're going to be able to get a thousand leads as a guarantee you know i could make up right. estimates but you know a lot of 
um, owners of companies want hard and, and fast numbers. And I think in marketing, it can be challenging if you don't have historical data to come up with that. So what would you suggest is a good way to really sell it up to get a defined budget um, for digital marketing programs? So that's a, that's a really good question as well. So my brother and I are fortunate to participate in a Mahita Net group called Digital Evolution. There's a bunch of really smart folks out there, really strong marketers, great folks. And um, one of the first topics that we handled uh, was exactly that. How do you convince leadership to provide the budget um, to allow you to be successful? And we talked about this probably three or four months in a row. I mean, it was really, really kind of uh, beat it to death. Um, but in the end, uh, what really proved to be successful uh, with the folks um, in our group was that um, you basically come up with a proof of concept. Um, if you if you have something that you, you even if you know it's going to work, you don't go in there and, and pitch say hey you know you know, give me a hundred thousand dollars and I'll make this happen. Mm. Um, but rather start with a, a proof of concept. Um, uh, it was discussed maybe a three or four month maybe a six month program. Um, and, and talk about what the expected results will be and then make sure you can measure because that's huge, right? Being able to prove mm -hmm. that that digital marketing um, investment is as effective as hiring an additional salesperson. So that's that's the approach that, that came up uh, and worked pretty well uh, with folks in our group. Good, yeah, I can't, you know, I think sometimes that, it's hard for people to get the budget because maybe leadership doesn't understand exactly what they're getting. Um, you know, I can tell you, I mentioned I had started this industry in 2001. At that time in 2001, our company was spending $80,000 a year on yellow page advertisements. Yeah. Wow. Which today, there's a lot of organizations that size that aren't even spending a fourth of that on a digital marketing strategy which could increase lead generation 300% of what a yellow page ad could have back in, in 2001. So I think it's taking a closer look to it where you're allocating some of that money and where it could be best served. Yeah, you're totally right. It's funny, I, we went to, um, there was a Mahita Net um, function in Denver, I think it was last year. No, it was Nashville, I'm sorry, it was in Nashville. And uh, we went to it. And we sat on a panel uh, with Ted Sprinter and uh, Bill Ryan. And uh, Bill said, um, the question was asked, you know, for a forklift dealer, what, what should the, the marketing spend? And everyone's talking, you know, 0.2% of, uh, of revenue. And, and, and Bill mentioned, he goes, listen, he said, historically, it's been 0.6%. Mm. So I think what happened is that uh, digital um, you know, everyone said, oh, digital all of a sudden is this cheaper way to do things, and I think people are spending less. Um, I wouldn't look at it that way, frankly. I would look at it uh, from a return on investment calculation. In fact, I, after that conversation, I worked with both Bill and, and, uh, and Ted and, uh, and Mark Milovich and uh, Joe Vizzano to develop uh, uh, an ROI calculator uh, for the lift truck uh, dealers, and it's pretty pretty cool to see how uh, a marketing investment if you know the margins and you know what percentage of uh, customers will generate service and parts revenue and uh, you know what the hourly uh, expected rate is and you know all these stuff cost of sale it all adds up and it's pretty uh, pretty cool to look at that and, and understand 
the power of digital. Um, but mm -hmm. I think you do need to have that that type of knowledge, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you talked a little bit about the importance of measuring um, your results of a digital marketing program, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think too many times um, there are programs launched with no ability to track results. And in the order, to, if you get the budget at first, that's great. But in order to keep getting a budget and in order for that spend to increase and to determine if you're doing the right thing or not, you have to have a way to measure it. Um, how do you really define the success of a, mar a digital marketing program? Well, well, first of all, let me, let me say that um, I'm a data geek. You know, I, I was an engineer in, in college. Uh, that's what my degrees in. Um, I love spreadsheets. In fact, at our company Christmas party, someone gave me a coffee cup that said, you know, I love spreadsheets. So that's kind <laughs> of a <laughs> so give me numbers and and, that, and see I just talked about that ROI calculator. I get so excited mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff. Um, so how do we define success of a digital marketing program? I think well, that's exactly you know what you do. I guess from a uh, an initial standpoint, you have to come up with a, you know an initial at the onset rather you have to come up with what the goals are. Now, if it's a branding initiative, then you know maybe just eyeballs on, on the ads, but that's that's a bit boring, right? From a from a data mm -hmm. guy standpoint, I mean it's it's very powerful. Don't get me wrong, but I think that um, you know most people, uh, including myself, want to see um, not only the number of leads generated, but you need to be able to first of all um, understand the cost of those leads, and then you know today, and I would say in the last handful of years. Um, most really good marketers are starting to go to the next step. And that next step is to integrate all of that Google Analytics data. And Google Analytics is the software that tells you, you know, how many people came to your website, where they came from, what they did, all, the, all that data regarding your website. So that, that's how you, from there, you can get, you know, from within Google Analytics, you can get the number of conversions, which form fills, emails, phone calls, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you can get your cost per conversion, your cost per goal. Um, but then um, most people today are actually taking that data and pushing it into their CRM tool. And that can become a bit tricky um, mm -hmm. because not a lot of the, the tools have uh, really strong integration paths, but it's great to be able to associate um, leads and opportunities with uh, a one lost, uh, closed or dead. Um, uh, you know status and, and from there you can break backward what the um, what the true ROI is of your uh, of your programs before that you're really kind of stuck saying I know what my cost of lead is and if I can guess how many leads it takes me to close a deal and understand the rest of the math then you can come up with a value uh, but until you actually get it into uh, your CRM you really can't prove that mm-hmm yeah, I think the the integration with CRM is really, really critical to effectively track leads and and what you really got from them. So that's a great suggestion. You know, I've been I've talked with a number of different dealers over the years, and a lot of times someone will come back from a Mahita conference or Promat or or Mahita or a webinar, and I think digital marketing gets stuck in this kind of shiny ball syndrome that, you know, some people hear a webinar, hear of this new cool tool, or now we have to do video because they're saying video is the next thing, and now we have to do this. And I, I think sometimes with digital marketing, it can be hard to focus 
uh, and what you really need to do because there's so many different ways to do digital marketing. What would you say is the best strategy? What's the most important thing to consider when you're developing a digital marketing strategy? Well, I would always start with understanding the customer. Um, so we have a, um, a three-step process that we use, um, and we have this we have this uh, group called our solutions committee. So anytime we're we're going to pitch uh, a project, uh, we'll um, the sales team will gather all the information and understand what the challenges are, and then the solution committee will um, take that and, and apply this process. And the process uh, there's an acronym we call ROC, um, ROC. Where R is the roadmap, O is for ongoing efforts, and C is for customer-centric um, activities or knowledge, I guess I would say. So the roadmap um, really takes a look at what's the plan. It, it goes beyond just tactically, like let's say starting a Google Ads program, which you know for many people that is the first place to go because it's easy, it's quick, um, and it can return some really great results. But for those companies that want to drive uh, a bit deeper you really should understand um, where you're going to take this, right? Um, and so the roadmap would um, take a look at the buyer's journey and try to match up your touch points with that, that journey. So what are the questions your prospects ask as they move through their, uh, their buying process? And how does your content, how, does your digital, how do your digital marketing assets line up with that? Um, mm -hmm. So the, the roadmap's really important, but if you're not going to go to that level, which listen, some people it's not practical to do that, right? And the, the size of the business or the marketing, uh, even the maximum possible marketing budget doesn't support that. Then um, I would say uh, take a look at the website, uh, make sure the website is converting at a different at a, at a decent rate, uh, and the only way to do that is to get Google Analytics installed properly. And we've, we've got, for media members, we have this, this um, uh, service we provide. We'll go ahead and take a look at your website for, for no cost. And, and every time we do, we get access to Google Analytics. And I have to tell you, uh, I've never once gone into a site and seen Google Analytics, the measurement tool, set up properly. And if you can't measure, you can't determine what's working. Okay. So I'd start with a, a baseline for most companies, a baseline, understand how the website's performing, and then drive traffic. And then, the, again, the simplest way um, is, is through a Google Ads program, because you can turn it on today and turn it off tomorrow. Well, I think that's great advice. Well, Brian, you have made it to our lightning round for uh -oh. our Winkita Talks podcast. So I'm going to ask you <laughs> 10 questions. <laughs> we need the first response that comes to your head. We'd like to use this time to get to know some of our Mahita members a little bit better. Um, so I promise you this won't be very painful. Okay. <laughs> I'm going right. to hold you to that. <laughs> All right. We'll start easy. Um, what's the favorite app you have on your phone? Uh, um, the, uh, Flipboard. Uh, listen, I'll watch my news every single night or listen, read my news every night and every, every morning. Absolutely. That's a good one. What leader do you admire the most? Winston Churchill. Absolutely. A couple great books, The Last Lion, a couple volumes of the same book. Unbelievable guy. What this guy accomplished. Oh, unbelievable. What an inspiration. Do you take your margaritas frozen or on the rocks? I would tend to say on the rocks, to be honest with you. I like that. Uh, I like that better. I like to know what I'm getting into. <laughs> yeah, and you can drink more if it's on the rocks. Frozen. That's what I, I that ice. Oh. 
<laughs> Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. No, it used to be different, but you know, the older I get, it's like, you know, sometimes uh, <laughs> nine, nine o'clock, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. But I do like to get up early, so. Chicago or New York style pizza? New York. Uh, my first job was working at this uh, pizzeria in Buffalo, New York called Bachi's Pizza. And the first night I worked there, we sold 951 pizzas. Unbelievable, oh so I'm, I'm hooked. We had a bocce pizza. I used to live downtown Chicago, and we had a bocce pizza in Wrigleyville, and it was New York style pizza. And that was the first time I had New York style pizza, and I couldn't figure out what it was or how to eat it. <laughs> they didn't even have like four. I wish I was there for that. That would have been funny. That's great. Do you prefer Hulu or Netflix? Uh, Netflix, hands down. What movie can you watch over and over again without getting tired of? Oh, I don't know that there are any. Uh, I used to say uh, The Cane Mutiny, which is a, an old uh, movie with Henry Bogart, and that was a long, long time ago. Uh, I'm not a big uh, repeat movie, movie guy these days, so, um, but I can watch The Office or Arrested Development yes. over and over again. <laughs> I just started watching Arrested Development again on, uh, on Netflix. I missed that, too. It's awesome, right? So funny. Yeah, that's I a good my one. head off. So what do you think is the best thing you've done in quarantine? The best thing that I have done in quarantine, uh, well, a couple things. I'm in the process of building a house um, wow. and I've been working on it for two or three years. So now I have very few distractions. So I can go after work and I can uh, put in a few hours of work on, on that. Um, and, uh, you know, just trying to try to do that. I really enjoy uh, that kind of thing. And I guess the second thing is, um, really started to um, study uh, the stock market a bit. So I've been working, uh, I've always wanted to, and I've always invested, of course, but I've been uh, working with my brother-in-law who does this on a full-time basis, started an E-Trade account, and it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I would imagine that data geek background helps out with that. Yeah, sometimes it's the, uh, sometimes it's the, uh, you know, analysis paralysis and you like miss, <laughs> say, oh, well, that stock just increased by 10% and I waited too long. <laughs> All right, final question. What time period would you travel back to if you could? Oh, you know, I had a heck of a good time in the 80s. That would be, <laughs> that would be a good time. <laughs> but I'm not sure I could survive that again, so... Uh, I don't know. Well, if you were your younger self, you could, I think. Yeah, yeah. I had a great childhood, you know, fishing and hunting and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'd like to do that again. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Spend time with well, my parents. That'd be great, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Any parting words you want to give our Mahide listeners? Well, I would just say that, again, just understand that, you know, while people say material handling companies are not advertising, that's not true. Uh, and if you're not, I say, participating in digital uh, marketing, that's not true. Uh, they truly are. Um, the second thing I would say is that we've seen, uh, this won't be a long story, but I'll just tell you quickly. So we did some research um, on a term that's pretty important to a lot of material, uh, material handling companies, Mahita members rather, and that's forklifts for sale. When the pandemic hit, we saw a 56% drop in searches for that term. Um, from February to March, that's come back. Now it's still 13% down, but it's back. And the point is that 
ads are cheaper, there's less people, less competition for keywords, uh, and that means opportunity. So I'd get in the game, it's kind of like the whole stock market thing, you know, get in there when, when the opportunity exists and the opportunity is right now. That's awesome. That's really interesting and great advice to, to end on. So thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate your time today. This has been Sherry Altergat with Mahita Talks Podcast, and we hope to see you all next time. Thank you.